Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Betting Life Podcast, brought to you by Fantasy Life and powered by our friends at Unabated. I'm Matthew Freeman, Matt F. The Oracle. It is week 13. We're two thirds of the way through the season. And here with me to talk about Thursday night football as well as this week's line movements, key numbers, potential teasers, and maybe a best bet is Peter Jennings, aka CSU Ram 88 of Unabated. Peter, how's it going? Friedman, great to see you. Doing well. And uh, yeah, excited for football. We had the busiest week of the year. Uh, Thanksgiving slate, game on Friday, college football on Friday, college football Saturday, NFL Sunday. So tons of football last week and uh, excited for this week where we have conference championships uh, for college football as well as the NFL. So excited to chat about it with you. Yeah, it was a fantastic week of football. And uh, of course, you know, what's better than having the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, having them the Thursday after Thanksgiving, back-to-back Cowboys in primetime. They are hosting the Seahawks, who also played on Thursday. So <clears throat> Thursday night football, the rare Thursday night football game in which we have two teams playing on full rest. So, uh, you know, normally Thursday night football, a little bit of a subpar product. Maybe this week it will actually be a good game. We have the Cowboys hosting the Seahawks in the offseason season. The Cowboys were favored by three and a half. In the look-ahead market, this was six and a half, seven. It opened at seven and a half and has been bet up to nine. In fact, it was nine and a half earlier. It touched 10 at a couple of books, and it has settled at nine. Pete, do you have thoughts on how you would approach this game? Yeah, I mean, I think the market's been pretty efficient here. Uh, at 10, I would love Seattle. At 7, I love Dallas. So these 7.5 to 9.5 numbers, uh, you know, I'd lean Dallas and uh, most of those, especially at like 7.5. But at 9, it's uh, kind of a stay away. I think that's a pretty fair price. Uh, I did want to look at the under. Uh, and this line, I think, is pretty fair at 47.5. Uh, but if it ever got up to 48, uh, I would be really interested in the under as well. So just kind of watching the market. Uh, I'm hoping maybe potentially a lot of Dallas money comes in day of as well as some over money. And then you could bet Seattle and the under. But as of now, I'm not seeing value as record here on Wednesday afternoon. Yes, yeah, the way that I'm looking at this as well. I have it projected at 8.25. So, you know, close to market lean towards Seattle. But I did bet the Cowboys in a teaser leg when this number was at seven and a half. And if it hit eight and a half, honestly, I would probably still like them in a teaser. And I, I think that kind of goes to what we're seeing in the market now. I think most projections would probably show value on the Seahawks, but I would say that maybe these projections would be slow to adjust to how bad the Seahawks probably are. Uh, projections would maybe not adjust to how the Cowboys actually play when they are favored against teams that are below their tier. Like the Cowboys are just clear front runners. And I would say like statistical bullies when they can pile on the points, they will. Uh, and I think there's a little bit of teaser protection going on with this number. Like, I think it should be favored probably like the Cowboys should be favored around eight, eight and a half, but the books have it at nine because if they put it at eight and a half, uh, they're just going to, you know, I wouldn't say they're going to get gouged, but they're going to uh, take on a lot of liability with the Cowboys via teasers. So I think as we approach kickoff, there's going to be this this battle between Seattle money and the book's desire to have this priced above eight and a half. So it will be interesting to see where this line ultimately goes. Uh, In terms of the prop market, Pete, do you see anything that appeals to you? Yeah, I actually love the my favorite prop is Brandon Cooks over uh, 37 and a half yards is available. Most of the market's around 40. 
And this is just a big shift kind of on a, a multiple of trends that I do actually think makes sense for Brandon Cooks. Since the buy, he's gone over this number four out of five weeks. And since the buy, they've been throwing a lot more, which I think uh, is a trend that will continue. Dallas is having a ton of success throwing the football. And Brandon Cooks has huge splits indoors and at home. Uh, this year, he's only had four games at home, six games on the road, and 75% of his production from a yards perspective has come at home. Obviously skewed a lot by that Giants game, but... In general, if you go back and look at his career, he has had huge, huge splits indoors. And just the type of player that he is, uh, you know, a burner, I think that makes a ton of sense. Uh, so I love Brandon Cooks over. He could get it on one catch. And I think Dallas will continue to throw the football, especially against Seattle. So uh, I love this prop and uh, have been bullish on Cooks. Uh, he paid off big time on Thanksgiving. He was my flag plant uh, on the ETR show. So I was, I was happy about that. And I'm going to continue to ride Brandon Cooks. What about you? I like this one. Honestly, I don't have a bet yet in the prop market. I will definitely have one as we uh, approach kickoff, and I'll put that in the 100% free bet tracker at Fantasy Life. But I might tell you on this Brandon Cooks one, I, I like it. Looking at this more, I have the projection for him at 44.6, so definitely the 37.5 number that you highlighted there. I think there's value in the market. And, I mean, you're right. For years, from the fantasy perspective of just looking at the situations with Brandon Cooks, is he at home? Is he in? doors perfect you know like this is a great spot for him so uh, i really do like that call out there i might join you on brandon cooks over 37 and a half all right transitioning to the rest of week 13 i want to look at some of these lines where we have seen uh notable movement so far in the market and uh pete just kind of blanket question. Is there anything that stands out to you? Because there's been some kind of weird, not actually, not I wouldn't say weird line movement, but some significant line movement in some games this week. And so, you know, before kind of dive into it, just starting off, is there anything that really stood out to you with some of the lines that we've seen this week and how they've moved? Yeah, the one that <clears throat> has moved a lot here recently that I think is a big deal is uh, the Texans and Broncos. Uh, the Broncos are, are obviously starting to play really good football, have won five games in a row, uh, going against the Texans, who have also been playing you know, pretty good football. Stroud's been amazing. Uh, not a great week last week, but easily could have still won the game. But the big news here that's super important is their offensive lineman, Titus Howard, is expected to miss the remainder of the season with a knee injury. He's going to get surgery. So this line has gone from like the four and a half range uh, all the way down to three and a half. And I could see this line maybe getting to three. I, I don't think so. But uh, the Broncos at plus three and a half and like, you know, even range. Uh, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, I, I kind of like the Broncos there, uh, which shocks me given how Barris have been on the Broncos for most of the year. But that's a big, big injury uh, for the Texans. And the offensive line is so important. The line of scrimmage is so important. So that's something that's caught my eye. <clears throat> I know we're going to talk about the Chargers here. That's an obvious one. Uh, the Patriots are just so bad. Um, just a brutal, brutal game last week. I know a lot of people had the Patriots in Survivor League. So uh, there's, a, there's a variety of line movements that I know we're going to get into. But the one I think that's worth calling out that's important that maybe people didn't notice is uh, this offensive lineman, Titus Jones, going out for the uh, Texans is a uh, – or Titus Howard, I'm sorry, is a big injury. So that's the big one that I've seen. Yeah, that's, that one's interesting. So this number was three in the look-ahead market. It opened at three in the early market on Sunday and then moved past that three and a half, four and a half. It looks like it will settle in at three and a half. Given the early movement, I would kind of be surprised if it 
if it settled ultimately at three, but I could see the market testing there. And so that will be definitely a number to watch. And it's weird, as you say, like, I don't know if I actually want to be enthusiastic about the Broncos. And I have this projected at 3.25, so close to the market. I don't know if I would be betting the Broncos if this got to three or not. I don't really want to be on the Texans at three and a half. I will probably be staying away from this, but um, it is a a game where there has been movement. And I think what is really most intriguing about this is the continued respect in the market that we see with CJ Stroud. Um, you know, every week it feels like there's a little more of a sample on the like the flag plant of like this guy's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, and so I think as we continue to see the Texans move through the season, there will just be increasing respect in the market for uh, for them based primarily on C.J. Stroud and what they're able to do on offense. So, yeah, that is a line that's moved. You mentioned the Chargers at the Patriots in the offseason. Chargers were favored by one and a half to look ahead. This was four. It opened at five and a half. It's now at six. I mean, it's not as if anyone really wants to bet on the Chargers because they could do their thing in Charger at any given moment, but no one really wants to be betting on the Patriots either, especially when there's so much quarterback uncertainty with their situation. And then, of course, there's another game here that stands out to me. The Cardinals at the Steelers and the look ahead market. This was three, three and a half. You have the Steelers in their first game without offensive coordinator Matt Canada looking like a much better team. And then you have the Cardinals coming back to earth in a blowout loss against the Rams. And then all of a sudden this line opened at six. That's a pretty significant movement from three, three and a half to six. And it's kind of moved around. But right now it is at five and a half. Either of those games catch your eye in terms of the line movement and ways you might approach them. Yeah, there's a variety, <clears throat> a variety of spots, and yeah, the Chargers. I, I, you know, foolishly bet the Chargers last week. I uh, was looking really good in the the Pick'em contest, plus three and a half. Zay Flowers, uh, you know, is, is helping your fantasy team, not helping Chargers betters when he could have slid uh, and just ended the game. Instead, he went for the touchdown. But you know. <clears throat> This Chargers team, I, I think, is a little bit better than their re- – well, a lot better than their record, obviously. Um, and they've just charged it up. They've been in every game and, and seem to lose, uh, you know, in that last possession every game. So that's been frustrating. But this Patriots team has zero life on offense. I mean, they are just abysmal from a yards-per-play perspective. Mac Jones gets the start, throws for 80 yards in the first half, two interceptions. I don't think Zappi's any better. Um, I, I just think they have – you know, the worst quarterback play in the league. So I like the Chargers here. Um, not as much at this number, but it doesn't surprise me that it's been bet up. So I think Chargers is a, a pretty strong play and definitely someone I would consider in Survivors if you have uh, the Chargers left. And I will I will echo the sentiment there of, um, I'm not sure that Bailey Zappi's, you know, any better. He's not. I, I think he's worse. I have him as a point worse than Mac Jones, which I feel like is saying something considering how poorly Jones has performed this year. Um, a couple of totals that catch my eye. We mentioned the Broncos and Texans game earlier uh, in terms of the spread. The total has also moved up. It opened at 45 and a half, and that's where it was in the look ahead market. It's been bet up to 47 and a half. That one catches my eye. And then two unders. 
Falcons at Jets and Bengals at Jags. For the Falcons at Jets, I mean, this is a disgusting game. Who's scoring points here? The look ahead was uh, 36 and a half. It opened at 35 and a half and is now at 34 and 33 and a half at some books. And the Bengals at Jags on Monday Night Football, 41 was the number in the look ahead market. It opened at 41 and it has now uh, hit 48 and even touched 37 for a little bit. Anything in those totals stand out to you? Yeah, I think that Falcons call is pretty sharp. Uh, you know, it's a it's a really low number, but we're already starting to see that drift to 33 and a half, which is probably where it'll settle. Uh, both teams are playing really good defense and both teams are kind of struggling to move the ball, although the Falcons uh, had some explosive plays uh, last week. So, yeah, I think that's a, a, a really fair um you know, line at 33 and a half. So 34 will show some value, especially in this low scoring of a game. So I, I like that. Um, most of the 34s are already starting to get juiced. Uh, so if you can find a 34 at like minus 105 or something like that, I think that's a, a pretty good under to go after. All right. Let's talk about some of the spreads that are near key numbers. So we have Falcons, and this is kind of hovering between two and a half and three. Falcons favored at the Jets. The Dolphins favored by nine and a half at the commanders. Uh, we talked about the Broncos and Texans earlier. Broncos, three and a half point underdogs on the road. The Eagles, three point underdogs, two and a half, three point underdogs, uh, hosting the 49ers in what feels like uh, could be one of the games of the year. The Browns on the road as three and a half point underdogs against the Rams. And then the Chiefs, this number is interesting. Uh, it hit seven at one point was six and a half for a little bit and is now six across the board. Chiefs six point favorites on the road Sunday night football playing the Packers. Anything stand out to you in those games in terms of how you might want to navigate the key numbers? Yeah, well, if the Falcons ever get to minus two and a half, I'll be all over that. I think that's really sharp. Same thing with the Commanders at 10. That'll feel gross, but I think that's that's what you want to do. You want to be on the Commanders getting 10 points. Broncos we just talked about um, the Eagles 49ers I think is the one where you can watch the news and try to really be on top of it <clears throat> especially if you're not betting huge you can bet uh, in the you know early part of the week and you can bet some of these injuries and it should be fine for your accounts uh, you know the big thing here um, is Lane Johnson is he going to play again that was a, a big piece of news we saw the market really move Eagles were a three-point favorite three and a half point favorite most of the week and that closed at two and a half they're fortunate to win by three uh, that's a big deal, especially going against this 49ers team. So uh, that's something that I'm going to be really paying close attention to uh, to see if he's going to play. That groin injury popped out of nowhere. That's going to be one of the games of the week. The Browns at Rams seems like a lot of recency bias. Uh, Miles Garrett got beat up a little bit, so I want to make sure he's okay. But probably some value on the Browns, even though I, I was on the Rams last week. That was one of the, the, the wins that I was really pleased with. Uh, got the Rams minus 0.5. That closed at 2.5-3, depending where you bet it. Uh, I do think this Rams team gets a big bump with Kieran Williams. Uh, you know, running backs generally don't matter, but when you you go from really poor running back play to a lot better play, um, that really impacts things. So also Cooper Cup maybe can get a little bit healthier. He hasn't looked himself, but he's been great in the, the run blocking game. So that's been helpful for them. Uh, and then the Chiefs Packers, I'll talk about that in my favorite bet. Um, I love the Packers if it gets to seven. Uh, I did grab a seven briefly. I wasn't able to get a lot down, but... Uh, that gets back to seven, which I think is possible on Sunday night, given uh, just the, the propensity people are going to look at that and say, oh, the Packers stink. I'll back Mahomes. 
Uh, I think a lot of public money will come in on the Chiefs. So Packers at seven, I think, is is a, a great bet. So, uh, yeah, these are all key numbers. And if you can get those those key numbers to move in your favor on the sides that you like, it's uh, really beneficial. And as gross as it sounds, like the commanders, uh, I think, would be really good at 10. So for the Jets and the Falcons, let me see here. That game is hovering between two and a half and three. So, you know, if you do like the Falcons, there are some juiced two and a halfs. There is, you know, numbers kind of like 2.75 in the market. So, uh, you know, you can you can get a little bit of the juicy two and a half there. Again, if you if you really like the Falcons, for me the under is uh, the spot there. I don't I don't know if I really want to have any exposure to either of those teams in general. Um, the Dolphins nine and a half. I, this one is interesting. I I am very negative on the Commanders, pretty bullish on the Dolphins, and that they feel like the AFC version of the Cowboys, where uh, when they are playing teams that are clearly a tier below them, they can pile on the points. And uh, given what we saw out of the Dolphins last week uh, in a you know an island game setup, and what we saw out of the Commanders last week in an island game, um, I could see this getting to ten. I don't I don't know if it will settle there, right? I, but I could see this number touching ten. And then the question is, if we get that Commanders money providing resistance, pushing it back to nine and a half. So that is a number that really stands out to me. That is interesting. The Eagles at plus three. That is interesting as well. And I would say if you like the Eagles, you know, like this number is not going to get any, uh, it's not going to go to three and a half. So, you know, if you like the Eagles, I think you probably bet them now. Maybe you wait a little bit to see if you can get um, an unjuiced three, you know, like just a regular minus 110 three, because right now the threes that are available are juiced. Um, so maybe you wait to see if you get that. If you don't, and this number drops down to two and a half, then I think that is fine. And you can put it in a parlay or not, sorry, not a parlay, but a, a teaser. So I, I feel like either way is probably fine. But if you, you know, kind of like the Eagles and you're just happy to grab the three, I think you probably do that now. The Browns, the injury situation for them is really intriguing and the quarterback situation specifically and and I'll say there you know there was interesting line movement with this game as well and the look ahead this was anywhere from a pickem to rams favored by 1 it opened as rams favored by 4 and a half and has been bet down to the 3 and a half that we see in the market now um the injury situation for the browns is really intriguing and you know some of it has to do with the quarterback situation Dorian Thompson Robinson suffered a concussion. I doubt that he plays this week. And I would say that the move from uh, DTR to PJ Walker might be largely lateral, maybe a slight upgrade for PJ Walker, but there's also the possibility of Joe Flacco playing in this game. And the move from DTR to Flacco, I would have as an upgrade of one and a half points, but that kind of doesn't take into account the fact that like Flacco he's new to the offense. Like he doesn't really know it. He's been here for like maybe 10 days. So I don't know if it actually is all that much of an upgrade with Flacco. And then you take into account that Flacco has zero mobility and he's playing behind an offensive line that's missing its starting tackles. And then there are significant injuries outside of that. You mentioned, uh, of course the big one, Miles Garrett, um, 
I mean, it seems like he's going to play. He's probably going to play dealing with the shoulder injury, but uh, the Browns have been known to kind of screw up the shoulder injury situations with players on their team. Uh, it happened just recently with Deshaun Watson. And so, you know, even if they think that Miles Garrett is going to be able to play, that doesn't mean that he actually will be able to play. Uh, their number one cornerback, Denzel Ward, he was out last week with a shoulder injury. No certainty that he returns. <coughs> Linebacker Anthony Walker, uh, he was out last week as well. So missing three key players on their defense. And then on offense, number one wide receiver Amari Cooper, he's dealing with a ribs injury. He's probably going to play, but that's not a certainty. So a lot of injury intrigue with the Browns around this key number of three and a half here. And I will just kind of be curious to see how all of the injury stuff shakes out. Like monitoring the injury report for the Browns will be very important this week. So that is what I'm thinking about with the Browns. And of course this, this chief's number now at six, uh, we will talk about that later as we get into the best bets portion. All right, let's talk about teasers here. There aren't a lot of great teaser options available this week. Um, you know, the one that stands out to me the most is Monday Night Football. You have the Jags who are eight and a half point favorites. And so that is kind of perfectly positioned in the Wong teaser zone. But outside of that, there aren't really that many great options. You have the Titans who are one, one and a half point underdogs, uh, kind of depending where you're looking. And you do have the Jets who are now you know, plus two and a half plus three. And so they are in the teaser zone, but not a great week for teasers. Pete, is there anything that does stand out to you on the teaser front? Yeah, the Jaguars are awesome. I, I mean, I, I think they're going to be a really popular survivor pick too. Uh, potentially some people will fade them because you can wait till they have Carolina at home, but uh, this is a really good spot for them. And you tease it down to two and a half. Tennessee, I think, is another good one. The Dallas one, like you mentioned, at eight and a half, I think is awesome. Uh, if you can get Dallas at, at eight and a half, you get to tease that down to two and a half, which is a huge key number. So those are the ones that I'm looking at. Um, I think they're they're all they all make a lot of sense. Uh this Eagles line uh at two and a half is also interesting. Um tease to eight and a half, or you could go to the other the other direction with the 49ers. Um, I think that's another one to, to kind of wait on. Um, but it's not obviously as good of a number. Um, so yeah, the, I mean, the best EV ones, the Jaguars, that's uh, plus 2.96% based on the unabated tool. Um, so that, I think that makes, uh, quite a bit of sense. Um, but yeah, we'll see where this Philly, Philly 49ers, uh, line lands, especially if Lane Johnson plays, that'll move the line towards the Eagles. And if that gets in like, you know, the one and a half two range, uh, that's obviously a lot better. So I, I'd be interested in that. Yeah. I, you know, think about it more there is i think very little reason actually to bet the eagles now um i think I, if you like the three then that's fine you can you can grab that but you can wait and maybe that three gets a little less juiced and you have the advantage and then if it moves into two and a half or one and a half you can easily still bet them on a teaser and they would probably be moving in that direction because of positive injury news um it's not just lane johnson although he's i think probably the most important of the injury uh uncertainties so far with that team but there are also 
other players who who could return. Fletcher Cox exited last week with a groin injury. Jordan Davis was also battling injury. Zach Cunningham, linebacker, was out for them last week. Uh, and then Dallas Goddard dealing with a forearm injury. But he wasn't placed on IR. So there's a chance, uh, just kind of based on when he suffered the injury, outside chance that he returns this week probably next week, maybe this week. Uh, and then there are some guys on IR who might be able to return this week. Slot cornerback Avante Maddox, free safety Justin Evans, both of them on IR, but like within the window where they could return. So a lot of injury uncertainty for the Eagles, but I think it's almost all upside. Like the way that I've projected this in the way that I think a lot is priced into the market right now is priced as if a lot of those guys are out. And if some of them come back, then uh, I think that's obviously good news for the Eagles, kind of maybe unexpected good news in the market. Uh, and if it moves the line towards them, you still have the benefit of being able to bet them in a teaser with more certainty, more information about what you are betting on with the team. So I don't know. I could see multiple ways of playing that game, but yeah, maybe if you like the Eagles, there's very little downside to waiting to bet on them. Okay. Yeah. The, Especially a, a great number yeah, to tease. Ahead. A great number to tease is the plus two and a half minus one fifteen. I mean, that'll show like around a 3% edge. So if you can, if you can get that, um, that's a great yeah. one to tease to eight and a half. Yeah. All right. Favorite or slash best bets. Anything stand out to you specifically right now? I know you talked about the Packers uh, when they were plus six and a half. I don't know if there are any plus six and a halves left in the market. I'm seeing sixes across the board. Do you still like the Packers enough at six? I probably, <clears throat> well, I'm interested in them in the at six. And as we're recording here, one of the, the sharper books actually just moved this to five and a half. So my dreams of getting the Packers plus seven might not be uh, a reality. But this Packers team has really started to come on. Um, you know, Jordan Love looked amazing last week. That's a real big win uh, against the Lions on Thanksgiving. And from a yards per play perspective on the year, <clears throat> their offense is 13th uh, and the Chiefs are, are eighth. That's a much closer gap than I think people realize. Kansas City's offense has just not been. That's strong. Uh, it was exciting to see Rasheed Rice get involved. I think they need to get the ball in his hands more. Um, obviously, Travis Kelsey is still a great weapon, but they just have been a much better defensive team than, than maybe not expected, but uh, they've been a defensive team more than anything. And this is a lot of points for a team that's not putting up, you know, huge, huge plays. So I like Green Bay in general at home here. Um, I was really hoping this would get to seven. It seems like a classic public spot where, you know, people are just going to look and be like, oh, I can bet on Mahomes. And, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna take that. I was hoping it'd be pushed to seven at five and a half, six. It's more of a stay away for me, but uh, six and a half, seven. I, I definitely am very intrigued by the Packers. What's your view on this game? So uh, at six and a half. Mm, yeah, at six and a half, I probably would have been staying away and getting any lower than that. I would actually be showing value on um, on the Chiefs but it wouldn't be enough for me to bet it because it's just kind of in that intermediate zone, like five and a half, not really that intriguing of a number. So probably a stay away in terms of the side. I do have a bet on this game for the total and uh, you know, 42 and a half, uh, you know, kind of in like quote unquote modern NFL or like this year's NFL, uh, especially with what we've seen out of um 
out of the Chiefs offense or maybe what we haven't seen out of the Chiefs offense, that's just kind of a, a high number. And the Chiefs have been uh, an under team this year, really for you know the reasons that you mentioned. They've they've had a good defense. Their offense has really disappointed. Their defense is number five in EPA. Uh, and uh, against the spread, they're eight and three. Sorry, not against the spread. Uh, versus the under with the under, they are eight and three to the under this year. Um, but they are vulnerable. Uh, against the run, number 31 in rush EPA. But I think the Packers are probably going to be without Aaron Jones. And so I don't think that the Packers will maximally be able to exploit the weakness uh, that the the Chiefs have on defense. And then you kind of look at the other side of this. The Packers, I do think, have a pretty good chance of getting back on defense a number of injured players. So linebacker Devondre Campbell. Uh, cornerback Jair Alexander, free safety Rudy Ford. I think a good chance that all of those guys return. Uh, and if they do, and I'll say in my projection right now, I'm assuming that a lot of those guys are out. And so if they return, then that really does change the way that I view the Packers. But there's a chance right. that all of those guys return. And also on top of that, a chance that cornerback Eric Stokes returns from IR and strong safety Darnell Savage returns from IR. Like not all of those guys are going to return, but they could get three or four of those guys back. And that makes a pretty big difference to that Packers defense to get so many of those guys back in the back seven. Uh, and with those guys, I think the defense could really challenge what is a diminished Chiefs offense and turn this game into a pretty low scoring contest. So under 42 and a half in the Packers Chiefs game on Sunday night, that is probably the way that I would be approaching. I don't know why I said probably. This is the way that I, I am approaching this game, taking the mm -hmm. under versus aside. But um, yeah, if, if I had to be taking a side here, it probably would be the Packers, given that I like the under. Right. And, and one more, just a couple of quick points. I mean, the Packers are above average on both yards per play forced and again, points uh, yards per play allowed. Uh, they're five and six, but they've scored more points than they've allowed. So they're just a little bit better than average, um, even though they're five and six. And then the big thing, too, that I think is really helpful uh, I was going to mention some of the injuries, uh, players coming back, and they have a ton of rest, which is really, really valuable for a team at home. You know, they played on Thanksgiving. They get you know ten days, eleven days uh, to play on Sunday night, and it's a huge game for them uh, in the NFC playoff picture too. So, there's a lot of reasons why I think the Packers uh, make a lot of sense, and unfortunately, the market is moving that direction. And I was hopeful that there'd be enough just you know Chiefs backers, which I do think is possible on Sunday night. Uh, in general, the market really just moves with with sharps and you know big bets from you know professionals and, and groups, uh, but sometimes on like an island game. There can be just so much public money that it can it can push the line. Uh, I'm not as optimistic as I was before uh, when we were you know setting up for the show that this will happen and actually get to seven. It looks like it's probably going to be in that five and a half six range based on some of the sharper books already moving to five and a half. All right, uh, my favorite bet right now on the board: Jets Falcons under 34. Talked about this earlier. The Jets are just a dead under team. Their defense is number four in success rate. You know, one of the best defenses in the league, and they've downgraded the quarterback position by moving from Zach Wilson to Tim Boyle, who has a career mark of 2.3 adjusted yards per attempt, which is just unfathomably bad. I mean, one of the only quarterbacks in NFL history, maybe the only quarterback in NFL history to throw a Hail Mary pick six. I mean, just 
total ignominious stuff for the guy. And then you look at the Falcons, they have a good-ish defense, number eight in success rate, and a sluggish at best offense that ranks number 31 in early down pass frequency. So this just feels like a very low total game. Uh, there's a chance that neither of these teams will have the motivation or the ability to drive up the score this weekend. The Jets are seven and four to the under, as are the Falcons. This game feels like a race to 17. You know, like whoever scores 17 points wins this game. Uh, I would kind of, I wouldn't be surprised if a team scored 20, but 17 feels like the general range where the winning team will probably settle. So under 34 is a number that I do like. And I'll say, uh, I bet this at 36, obviously like it much more at 36, but I still see value at 34. I have this projected at 32.8. So that is where I am looking. Pete, any final thoughts here as we get out of this midweek episode? <clears throat> No, this this is great, and yeah, for those still left in the the pick'em or still left in Survivor, a lot of interesting choices. Uh, we have a simulator product where you can kind of see the best Survivor options, and then yeah, good luck to to you in the pick'em contests. Uh, I'm grinding there. I'm min cashing the 50k, so hope to do well this week. The Chargers was a, a gross blow there, but yeah, it's a fun time of the year with the NFL. Definitely stay on top of the injuries. Uh, I've seen a lot of value uh, midweek, uh, just being ahead of that. Uh, it's really tough to win on Sundays. So if you're really trying to grind, make sure you're always getting the best price. And I, I do think there's advantages midweek. So Friedman, it's great to see you. Glad you had a good Thanksgiving and uh, good luck to everyone this week. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the, uh, the picks contest, uh, four and one again last week. So, uh, I believe I'm 40 and 20 nice. on, on the year. And, uh, you know, at DraftKings, you have to take a week off. You have to designate one of the weeks where you're taking off. I'm going to see how all of this injury stuff unfolds. I have a feeling this might be the week I end up taking off. I think there could just be a lot of uncertainties, but of course, like maybe that creates line movement value. So just going to have to monitor the market to see how everything looks as we approach Sunday. But this might end up being the week where if there's not a lot of games that I like uh, in terms of the, the lines for the contest, this might be the week I take off, but going to have to monitor that. All right, that is going to do it for this week 13 episode of the Betting Life Podcast powered by Unabated. Please subscribe to the show. Tell your degenerate betting friends. Join the discourse. See all of our bets in the free Fantasy Life Bet Tracker and follow us on social media at CSURAM88 and Matt F. The Oracle. Thank you and see you again next episode.